1: Sean McDonough, who will join us momentarily. Jackson trying to get a hold of Sean McDonough. I did run into him last night at Saver. Uh, so I know he's in the area and we he will join us momentarily. It was the I'm, who's who I'm, last night. I'm, it was a who's who last night. It absolutely was.
2: Can I plug uh, something while we wait? Of course. Um, for the foundation. Uh, just announced that Basic Brunch is coming. Uh, at hunters in south boston tickets are going to go on sale this saturday for march 10th is Mm. going to be the date of the next basic brunch
1: this is your thing yes all the basics brunching. yep Mm -hmm. with endless mimosas Mm -hmm. uh it was very successful last time we did it at straga and so this is basic brunch 2.0 you asked for it and you got it and courtney will be your host at the Basic Brunch on, when is that, Saturday, March 10th?
2: It's going to be Sunday, March 10th. Sunday, March 10th. This Saturday, okay. tickets will go on sale.
1: Okay, excellent. All right. Uh, oh, and there is Sean McDonough, who is brought to you this morning by Catches Law Group. New England's injury pros set up a free injury consultation when you visit And Andy joins us this morning on the Harbor One Hotline. Good morning, Sean.
3: Good morning, how you doing? I'm, I'm a little, I'm not going to, you know, not going to lie. A little antsy. You know, I, I prepare for nine o'clock, right? And what is it? 9.04? Yeah, 9.05. I, you know, I, I, I spend all week diligently <laughs> preparing for these segments, uh-huh. trying to come up with interesting things to talk about. Uh-huh. and. Now my timing and biorhythms are all off. Uh, all the chanting I've done this morning to get ready for this has just been disrupted.
1: Well, I, we appreciate the fact that you even make the effort. I got I, I, have to tell you that. And
3: you know, I, and I'm, I'm like size Sperling, right. The old hair club for men president. I'm, I'm not just uh, the president. I'm also a client. I'm also a listener. And the, you know, the what is Kanye wearing thing? Yes. When you can't see it, it's, it's just a whiff. For those of us who are technologically advanced enough to find the photo that you're talking about on on the Twitch or whatever you call it. Yeah, you
1: certainly could watch the show on Twitch. I mean, it's uh, kind of the the technology. I could,
3: but I I choose not to. That requires way more effort technologically (laughs) than I am willing to make.
1: Well, uh, big question when it comes to Sunday. uh, Where will you be watching the Super Bowl?
3: You know what? I don't even know. Okay. That is not the biggest event of the weekend. The biggest event of the weekend is my sainted sister Erin's birthday. Oh. I can't mention how many, yes, uh-huh. but she's going to be 60 on uh, uh-huh. Saturday night.
1: Okay, Excellent. And there's
3: a, quite a shindig that is being planned. Uh-huh. So I, I haven't gotten past that yet, but uh, no, I'll probably be right here at home in the beautiful St. Regis building hmm. um, as I look out at the waterfront and ponder the fact that, you know, my home here is for sale. I don't know if we've ever mentioned that on the <laughs> show, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> Elevated realty waiting no. for your call.
1: No takers on that baby yet, huh?
3: No, no, not right not right now, but not that's going to change. You know, sooner or later you keep dropping the price and it's
1: going to say, what about the old
3: realize this for the wonderful investment that it is. But I think the market is coming back now. There's <laughs> interest is picking up. Rates are going in the right direction. Uh, huh. Uh-huh. I, I think there, there's a real estate boom coming here. That they, there is, I think um, you
2: should keep it. In
3: the seaport. The I think you return. Should,
2: you should keep the investment. You stay in Arizona, have someone like me live there, take care of it. And then um, when you're ready to come back in the, to Boston, then it'll be ready and waiting for you.
3: That is a great idea. And then when you have a party... You can invite everybody. Yes. Um,
2: <laughs> Plenty of instead
3: space. Instead of the selective invitations that apparently you made to the dismay of some of your colleagues there. Have you and Curtis patched things up yet, or is there still palpable tension?
2: No, no. Well? Everybody everybody is good. Everybody's good.
3: We're great, Sean. Doesn't We're just the way. Dream.
2: <laughs>
4: well,
1: uh, <laughs> with regard to this game on Sunday, I find it mm-hmm. hard to, unfortunately, to bet against the Chiefs. but. Um, do, do you look at the Niners as uh, maybe a, a better roster, a, a better football team and and they can win this one?
3: Uh, no. I don't. You know, I just think the quarterback's the most important thing and I think, you know, Brock Purdy continues to, you know, demonstrate that he's more than capable even when people doubt him. You know, he's done it several times now. But, you know, Mahomes is the better quarterback and I remember, you yeah, know, obviously I was hoping that the, the Ravens would win the Super Bowl, and I remember watching the Kansas City Buffalo game from a Ravens perspective, thinking, you know, who should I want to have win this? And I couldn't believe now, with hindsight, that I thought, well, it doesn't really matter because you know when you, when you watch Mahomes and Kelsey in person in, in the AFC Championship game in Baltimore, I mean, they're so good. I mean, especially Mahomes. I mean, the ball is always in the right place. I think he started out 15 out of 17 against the defense that had been, you know, the best in the league during the year. So I I would think Kansas city would win the game.
1: It's so interesting to me. I understand that the comparison is always made between Patrick Mahomes and and Tom Brady, but it's not often made between Brock Purdy and Tom Brady where you have a guy, it's, it seems to me like Brock Purdy is Mm -hmm. Tom Brady, that oh, first yeah. that first couple of years,
5: one's got to um, win a Super Bowl.
1: Okay, but I'm just talking about the excitement about Tom mm-hmm. Brady being a sixth round pick and what he was able to do okay. is similar to me when it comes to Brock Purdy, and I I don't that right. doesn't get that doesn't get the the talk that I feel like it should get.
3: Well, I'm going to say words I have rarely said on these segments. I agree with Wiggy, um.
5: <laughs> my man. <laughs>
3: Yeah. No, as you know, we, we agree on a lot of things. Yeah. And uh, although Mrs. Wiggins, by the way, on the St. Regis real estate front seems to have disappeared. Is she okay? She's still No,
5: no, she's still working. and she. Hey, listen, drop me a line and we'll pull up Saturday and we'll talk face-to-face. So I'll pull up to your uh, sister's party and we can
3: schmooze a yeah, little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, should come to the party. Well, can drop me a, a line, cool.
1: man. Well, now you're inviting yourself. The, uh, to. You got I've, my map? I don't, I don't think but, uh, you... Do you know Aaron, his sister? I mean, I, don't I know, know Sean. I don't know if you're invited. I think it's all about knowing a family member. Okay,
5: all right. Well,
3: so- well I don't know. Well, I have to clear that with the, the guest of honor herself. <laughs> but uh, we'll keep that on the table. The uh, you know Brock Purdy. I, I disagree with what Wiggy said. You know, it's yeah. You know, he's a Mister Irrelevant. So you know, there's that that comparison. He was a late round pick, or the latest pick you could be in his case. But uh, I think until he actually wins uh, the Super Bowl, the, there won't be any comparisons to Tom Brady. We were just talking any about... Any other comparisons.
1: We were just talking about, and I know you're doing I think 20 Red Sox games for us here at WEI this season, and
3: can't wait yeah, the, can't and wait the, the that. sarcasm that you guys had toward your trip to Fort Myers was also a little off-pitting for no, those no, of us who remain I, extremely optimistic no, I, about I, the season. I, I am Even very... though you, you goaded me into saying that I wasn't optimistic about the season a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm hopeful that people don't pay attention to what I say on these things week to week because they, they, they can change depending on the motivation level. But t- you told me Why you... are you guys even going to go to Fort Myers if, if you're just going to be the you know pillars of negativity.
1: We're not. We're going to be very positive down there. It's three days yeah. of positivity. I wanted to I, go
5: to Fort Lauderdale, but uh, <laughs> I mean, in Miami Beach. You're
3: but
1: making I, his yeah, point.
3: Uh, you could drive. Down you there probably for, still can. Just drive across Alligator Alley, and you're over there,
1: <laughs> Sean. Now, wait, wait. wait. I, does the addition of Theo Epstein to the ownership group do anything for you?
3: Yes, okay. it can only help. Right. I mean. I think it's great. You know, I I do, I I am confused by some of the statements, but, you know, he's there. He's, I think if they have important decisions to make, especially about the baseball team, it it would, I mean, if they don't consult him, then it's the stupidest thing ever. But of course they're going to consult him. So, you know, his role seems unclear, but I, I don't see how it could be anything but a positive. Even if they ask him one thing and he gives a good answer that helps them do something, then it's a good thing. So, yes, it's a good thing.
5: Well, well, Sean, I know we talked about Brock Purdy and Brady. Let's put our foot on the brake for that one until, like you said, he wins one. But I agree with you uh, that Kansas City is going to win. Where does that – and there's been a lot of discussion going on. Where does that kind of put Patrick Mahomes in the sense of the dynasty and basically – maybe competing with Brady on that level of him overtaking Brady one day as the greatest of all time.
6: Mm.
3: Well I think it advances the conversation, right? As much as it might be painful for us here who feel the way we do about Tom Brady, particularly Curtis. You know, so I think uh yeah, it advances the conversation. It makes it a realistic conversation to have. You know, I'm biased, but I would still take Tom Brady even if Mahomes wins this game, but, you know, it's interesting how the narrative about the Chiefs changed, too, because in the middle of the season, I think the feeling was, ah, this team isn't really that good, they're struggling in many ways, their wide receivers are terrible, um, they're really not going to be a major factor, and then they were, so, and again, I just go back to being there in person a week ago, Sunday in Baltimore, watching Mahomes and Kelsey, you know, there, there was kind of the narrative that maybe Kelsey's getting past his prime, too, and uh, that was an unbelievable performance that he had in the AFC championship game. So, no, I, I think the conversation will just get even that much more spirited if and when the uh, Chiefs win.
1: What? Go
2: ahead. Uh, well, I was just going to say, back to the Red Sox quickly, because we can complain all we want that they haven't really done anything during this off season, But we can also talk about the fact that they're letting fan favorites go uh, seems like over and over again, and the latest being Justin Turner. And while it was only one season – What's going on with the ownership group in your mind when it comes to having a guy come here, buy into the Boston hype, seems to get all of the fans back into caring about the Red Sox and then letting them go?
3: Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I was surprised when that first happened. I think we might have talked about that briefly last Wednesday. And, uh, you know, then reading some of the follow-up, it seems the justification is that they have a couple other guys who they think need to be, uh, DHS, um, more than they're going to play in the field, other options. So that's part of it. But I agree with you. I mean, I thought he had a really good year Looked like, uh, you know, even though he's in his late thirties that, uh, he was still a very productive player. He was, I mean, he was terrific. So, and a good guy and a team leader and good in the community and all that stuff. So, uh, I was surprised he was surprised, right? I mean, he even has been quoted as saying he thought it was a no brainer that he'd be back. So, it's another one of those that may be hard to understand, but it, it sounds to me like they want to make uh, space at designated hitter for others to fill that role.
1: Sean, thank you for taking the time, and we will talk to you again next week.
3: All right, thank you. By the way, if you have a chance to go see uh, BU Hockey play, and go see that. Yeah. I went to the beanpot the other night. Macklin Celebrini, the guy who's supposed to be, going to be the number one pick in the next draft, is definitely worth the effort to go watch. Wow, it's he impressive the other night, and it was a great, great bean pot game.
1: Yeah, didn't you say that the, you ran into somebody who only listens to the show for ten minutes when you're on?
3: Yeah, there are people tuning out right now. Um, you know, that, that's the reality. No, no, no. People love the show. Everywhere I go, people just talk to me about how much they enjoy the the entirety of the the Greg Hill show. Yeah, except you said that... One guy might have said that, yes, but I won't mention him by name. (laughs) All right, Sean.
1: See you Saturday night, night,
3: brother. (laughs) Have a great week.
1: Yeah, Uh, put the uh, no disturb on because Wiggy's going to be calling you. Notification
3: silence, please. Uh, Uh, I'm standing by for the call. Okay, all right.
1: right. Sean, you surprised.
7: Chiefs are, like, not favored in this football game still at this point? No, I think it's the same kind of thing that happened with Baltimore. It's that... Everybody in the world, all the, the normies are picking the Chiefs, but a lot of sharp people are still in the 49ers because it's basically the best quarterback in football versus the best rosters. Yeah. Last week it was, or two weeks ago it was the Ravens. This week it's the 49ers. By all accounts, they have the two best rosters in football. Yeah, I'm going so with so the Sharps.
4: Oh, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't, want, no I don't sh- want to go with the normies. I'm going with the Sharps. Well, Curtis, <laughs> there's no shot that Mahomes is losing to Brock Purdy. I would bet everything I have on it. There's no way in hell. They, they, the only thing that's compelling about the long-term interest in the NFL is Mahomes' pursuit of Brady. He has no actual contemporary arrival. He's not going to lose to Brock Purdy and fall to 2-2 two two in Super Bowls. It's
7: and just, Purdy will give you a couple. He loves throwing it to yep, the other and team. And they're
4: not going to drop him.
7: Yeah, but like at the same time, Kyle Shanahan isn't going to shy away from the run the way the Ravens did. He's going to run the football whether he's down 14, 17 points or he's up 17 or 20 points doesn't matter he is going to run the rock and uh, that could be disaster for the chiefs with their defense being so poor against their own
1: all right well our coverage of the football postseason is brought to you by wise snacks no one does crunchy salty or cheesy better than wise snacks
8: now here's what's trending on weei
2: Trending now, brought to you by Subaru of New England. The Bruins fell to the Flames four to one at the TD Garden last night. The sole goal for the bees coming from Pavel Zaka, with Jeremy Swayman in goal, having twenty five saves in the loss. They're off tonight, back in action tomorrow. But the Celtics have one tonight. The Hawks are in town. Tip is at seven thirty. Joel Embiid underwent a successful meniscus surgery and will be reevaluated in four weeks. And some baseball news: Jose Altuve signed a five year, one hundred and twenty five million dollar extension with the Astros. The Subaru of New England, Washington birthday sales event lasts all month long. Feel the freedom of a 2024 Subaru with symmetrical all-wheel drive. SubaruofNewEngland.com. That's what's trending. Here's Curtis with your weather.
4: Thank you, Courtney. 33 degrees, partly cloudy skies, partly cloudy, afternoon high of 40.
2: I'm Sandra,
0: and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional.
8: Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?
1: McCourty is brought to you by the Top Defense. If you've been injured, catches law group. At catches, you pay nothing unless they win. They are the official law firm of the New England Patriots. And Devin McCourty joins us on the Harbor One Hotline this morning. Hey, Devin. Good morning. How you doing?
6: Doing well. How about you guys?
1: Doing great. You were on a football team that beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. What's the what's the secret?
6: I don't know. That seems like a long time ago since we did that. Um, <laughs> but I, I do think, I think from, you know, even watching the film, I think one of the key things for the Niners will be, um, one, how much zone do they play? I think Mahomes and throwing Kelsey in there, two, of how well they play against the zone. Baltimore's defense is the best defense in football this year, and they elected to play a lot of zone against Kansas City, and I thought Mahomes. He ate it up, those guys getting open. Um, So I think that'll be a big thing. And then I think you got to get to Mahomes without sending extra guys. So how well does Nick Bosa, Chase Young, um, and and Hargrave, and those guys play up front um, will be a big indication if San Fran's able to slow them down and get a win.
5: Dev, isn't that really the most important piece? Because if you really look at when, and Curtis is going to love this one, Tampa Bay beat, Kansas City in the Super Bowl, it was because they were able to really, really make things frustrating back there for Mahomes. You pay Nick Bosa all that money, you trade for a guy like Chase Young. Uh isn't gonna isn't that really gonna determine whether or not this game is won is what those guys up front can do?
6: Yeah, I think that's the key piece of it. And I think whenever you talk about, you know, rushing and, and getting to the quarterback, you gotta have your coverage marry up to what you're doing. So if those guys are getting to the quarterback. Uh, I think like that Tampa game, you watched. We were talking about Levante David and, Dave, and Devin White all game because they were just getting on guys. They were getting in Kelsey's face. They were matching the running backs fast. So that has to be a part of it too. They can't just, even though you're getting pressure, let Mahomes make easy, quick throws because he know, he understands the game. If you're getting to him, he's going to get it to guys and let them run with the ball. So I think they have to make sure they just match it up. If those guys are rushing well, Get the secondary, get the linebackers, get them in the face of guys and not give Mahomes the easy completions.
2: Devin, here at home, what are you making out of Gerard Mayo and how he's putting his staff together? Because there's a lot of talk about Elliott Wolfe, uh, him basically being the GM of this team and putting together a staff that are all friends of his.
6: Yeah, I mean, that's how the NFL works. Not, not many people hire people that have zero connection to what they do from ownership all the way down to the last guy on the roster, there's usually something that someone has a connection to. They know this coach, that knows that coach. So um is what to be is what's what I expected. I mean I think I think the the biggest thing is everyone was wondering when this whole thing came together who was going to be the GM. Now that it seems like it's Elliot Wolf, people are like, man, this is crazy, Elliot Wolf's the GM and he's hiring his friend. Like to me, you kind of figured that was going to happen. But I think in all these coaching decisions, no one knows what it actually means until these guys go out there and they coach games together. They go and they compete because no matter what, we can sit here and look at some of these great hires now and say how great it was. But at the time, you know, Mike McDaniel gets hired in, in, you know, Miami, Mike McDaniel didn't call plays. Everyone was like, well, Kyle Shanahan calls the plays. We don't know what he's able to do. Then he goes out there and he's calling the offense and it looks great. So it'll be interesting. I think they seem like they're putting together uh, what seems it might be a cohesive staff, people they believe in. A lot of things I've heard about some of the people they've hired has been they're good people. They're they're overall people that players love, players went to, players sort out. Even uh, Van Pelt, I talked to Jacoby Brissett, and that was one of the things he said. He was like, he's really good with quarterbacks. He enjoyed his time. So I think that's
4: a big part. Devin, judging by the offseason moves by Robert Kraft since they parted ways with Belichick, it strikes me that basically they're saying that Bill Belichick was the only problem. They've elevated Wolf. They still have Matt Groh. When it comes to the roster building, why did they not decide to make any bigger changes when it comes to the people that are charged with putting the roster together?
6: I, I, I don't know. I mean, I couldn't answer that question. I think... I think the the last thing I would say from that thing is Bill was the only problem because I think that ignores everything he's ever done. I think sometimes we got to make sure we're not short-sighted on how we talk about people, that we can't say, you know, he was the only problem as if all the positive things didn't happen. I think they felt like it was time to make a change with the head coach and and what his role was uh, on the team. I think that was the biggest thing that they felt they needed to do. I think then they went into, all right, what what are we going to do now? And I think in the NFL we always have to remember the decisions that are made right now aren't always the decisions in the next five years that are going to still be in place. So it seems like they decided, you know, we're going to move on from Bill, and now they're putting together what they think is the best thing for the team right now. So um, the biggest thing is you have to wait and see. That's what the NFL is all about. Is this the best thing? Is this going to work? And they're going to be – under a microscope nonstop because of what Bill was able to do there. And once you move on from him, everybody in New England area is expecting big things, and um, that's the pressure that they're going to be under this year.
1: One from the professor this morning. Go ahead, professor.
7: Morning, Devin. Uh, so the San Francisco 49ers have the number 1 zone rushing offense in all of football, and the, four, and the, the Chiefs defense is 31st against zone rushing attacks. If you're Steve Spagnolo, how are you – kind of dialing up anything to to try and stop and or at least limit Christian McCaffrey? Because you know he's going to get his, but how do you at least try and limit that?
6: Well, one of the big things is don't read all of those stats of where you rank and stuff, because <laughs> then it seems like you shouldn't even go out there and play a football game. <laughs> um,
5: how about set the well, edge think, and get off the double team?
6: <laughs> I, think, I think with Magnolia, I think we've seen he, he's going to have a plan, and I think the beauty of the Super Bowl You know, being the the ones I played in, is you have two weeks to come up with a plan. So, like, a lot of those stats, a lot of times when you watch the game, become so irrelevant because you can't put in a whole new offense, but you can put in enough wrinkles. You can put enough different blitzes in it. Like, you can do a lot in those two weeks that you have to prepare. So, I think Spagnola is one of the better guys from a defensive mind that's going to have a game plan that might not be exactly what we saw against the uh, Ravens or it might not be something we saw all year but it's going to be for this game against the 49ers and what they do best so I'm excited to see what he comes up with Um, but I I definitely wouldn't focus on you know all of these things like we played the Rams a couple years ago we were I think it was like 90 something percent of man to man defense and we played 80 to 85 percent zone because that's what was best for us in that game and we had weeks to prepare and do it and execute it.
1: Speaking of the ones you played in, as you just were, what what was your favorite?
6: Uh, Obviously the last one, I think, just playing with my brother. But, I mean, other than that, it was the first one we were able to win, Super Bowl 49 against the Seahawks. It was like finally, you know, when you come into New England and you're there with Tom, it's like, well, Tom won three Super Bowls before you, now it's up to you guys to help (laughs) him get back. And I think for us, Finally getting over that mountain and, and getting to the top of it and being like all right we at least we at least won one and, and got him another one and then obviously it went on for a nice little run, but you know I think those I think the book ends the first and the last Dev one of the
5: things that concerns me a little bit I know you talked about it briefly is how you know coaches it's about the relationships you built in the league and it seems like just from where I'm sitting that Elliot wolf is making some of these coaches hires of guys that he had connections with when he was in Green Bay. I'm concerned that I don't know if they're giving Mayo the proper, um, uh, I guess, respect, re, not respect, but just allowing him to pick voice voice. Yeah. That's a good one. Allowing him to pick the guys that he feels best would be on this coaching staff. So, I'm concerned with that, and then does that bleed into maybe him wanting a certain player versus maybe at Elliot Wolf wanting a certain player?
6: Yeah, I, I do. I think that's the interesting part about what they have in place because I think I think Mayo kind of addressed it too when you know they asked him about the coaching staff and titles, and I think now when you don't when you don't have the title of GM or you don't like now everyone assumes this guy is doing everything. This guy has a voice. This guy doesn't have a voice. So we'll never know the inner workings of how Gerard feels in these situations. Does he feel heard? Does he feel like, hey, I'm sitting in these meetings too and I have an opinion and they are hearing me? Or they know. Like that is what's going to be the interesting thing. And I think for a lot of these other teams in the league, we hear about the collaboration. We hear about the head coach and the GM sitting down talking we never hear those things in New England, and we never have. And I think – I know even I'm one of those people. I thought with, you know, Coach Belichick moving on and not being there, we would get like this open book of this is what we're doing. This, But I think it's, it's more about that's how New England operates. That's, that's always, you know, what they've been, and it hasn't just been, you know, how Bill operates. I think they believe in the style and what they do is going to be probably a little different, a little unique than everybody else's. But it's going to be what's best for the team, so um, I, I have no problems with those concerns when people look at it. But I think it's going to be ultimately all about do they win, and then how comfortable Gerard feels, which I highly doubt. Whoever speak about,
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: um, you, you may tell me different because you played, you actually played the game, but uh, you might you might tell me it doesn't matter. But more pressure on Mahomes and the Chiefs because of the. Potential dynasty or on the Niners on Sunday.
6: I think I think it's more pressure on the Chiefs, no doubt about it, because of what they've accomplished. They're like they're going to pull up these t- these scores, and somebody's going to be an underdog and all of that. But the Chiefs, like you, got to feel like once we make it to this game, it's our game. But I think one of the interesting things is you heard opening night, right? The booze, everybody's against the Chiefs. I think that'll fuel them and make them feel when they're in the game that they are the underdogs. They're away. They're fighting and clawing. So I look forward to them taking that mentality uh, into the game.
5: Dev, and the one thing that I look forward in this game, especially with San Francisco, when you talk about some of their linebackers uh, and their safety play, and you guys did a good job in it. Your teams, especially when you played against Kansas City, is slowing down Travis Kelsey. And I feel like every team, other than the Patriots, allows this guy just to run free, wide open. Do you think that that's got to be the biggest thing when the San Francisco 49ers are planning for this football team is we're taking Travis Kelsey away. You have to beat us some other way with some other player.
6: Hey, right, Wiggy, you know, a lot of people complain, Bill Belichick, how he coaches and blah, blah, blah. You just said it. There was a staple of Bill Belichick's mentality. Don't lose to the guy that everybody watches on film. Kill every team. So I'm interested to see. A lot of these teams, and I would say even the better defenses, believe in what they do, right? We do what we do. That's why we're the best. And Baltimore went out there. I've watched Baltimore's defense all year. They're phenomenal. Great players across the board. They didn't touch Travis Kelsey. Nobody on the front. Everybody was focused on rushing the passer. The linebackers were getting to their drops. So Travis Kelsey, for all of the game, ran free into the secondary. And when he reads zone, he knows if he should keep running a route, if he should cut off a route, if he should break in, break out. Like, it's, it's great watching as a fan and seeing how smart this guy plays the tight end position. But then you're like, defensively, like the defensive end, instead of rushing, lose two seconds on your rush and jam at the line of scrimmage. But a lot of these teams, they don't do it. So honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if San Fran just goes out there and says, "We're a good defense. We're going to do what we do and just play." And if he walks away, I think again, like we watched last week, eleven targets, eleven catches. Kansas City, to me, wins like that. He's their best guy. He gets everybody else going. It creates a comfort level for the team. Um, so that, for me, that would be my number one thing. I would. I would give up something else to make sure Kelsey doesn't beat me.
1: All right, Devin. Yeah. Always great insight. Love. What are you doing for the game? Are you working?
6: Yeah, I'm working. I'll be doing a pre, halftime and post-game show with Westwood One Radio.
1: Okay.
5: Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully they'll slow Travis Kelsey down every time I watch it. I'm like morons.
1: I mean, I got to believe I got to believe deep inside that you more than any of us do not want to see a Kansas City dynasty. I, no other dynasty ever.
6: Uh, I'm not like that. I, like my wife is like that. She's like, I just hope Kansas City doesn't win. I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know. Like we were, we were on the Patriots when everybody was hoping we didn't win, and we kept winning. It was pretty cool. So I'm not saying I want Kansas City to win, but I really like it. Wouldn't hurt me if they won another Super Bowl. I think. I think watching teams year in and year out. You know they're the best team. You know you got to beat them, and they continue to do it. To me, it's a lot of credit to how they do that. Seeing Kansas City be kind of, I mean, be bad this year, like really bad at times, and still be in this game. To me, it's a unique thing.
1: All right, Devin, we'll talk to you one more time next week after this is over, all right?
6: I can't wait. It'll be so bittersweet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's Devin McCourty. Thanks, Devin. <laughs> All right. What does Tom Brady think about Bill Belichick being without a job this morning? We will find out next. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New
8: iPhone 15s? It's over
0: here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.
3: Are you surprised bill belichick hasn't gotten a job in this cycle you know i don't I, I don't know the criteria for hiring these guys for hiring coaches you know i have never been a part of it i mean i'm surprised that the greatest coach ever doesn't have a
4: job you know if, absolutely but you know i'm surprised a lot of things in the nfl when i was a free agent there was a lot of teams that didn't want me there's a lot of things that happened that you know for one reason or another don't go exactly
8: the way you, you know you think they should go
1: Brady has spoken on the Let's Go pod and the, uh, sharing his thoughts on Bill Belichick being without a job.
5: I wish he would just tell us who the teams that didn't want him. I mean, I seriously, Tom. To
1: oh, it's I, the
4: Raiders in the 49ers. But he never tells us that. He hates the 49ers because right, of what he ne- they did.
1: But they called him to replace Brock Purdy. Like, I uh, always thought it was I the Titans. I don't know that they called him. Like, Shanahan said... That he brought, he broached the topic with Brock Purdy.
4: I don't lie. No, no, no. That that they talked to Purdy and they said, listen, get well. Yeah. We're going to check in with Tom. If he wants to do it, you're going to watch him for a year and then it'll be your job. Right. I, but I don't know that they ever actually talked about
1: right.
2: it. Right. I was I, with Wiggy too. I always thought it was Titans because remember right before it was announced that he was leaving, he was with Edelman and they were sitting courtside at a Syracuse basketball game mm-hmm. and Vrabel was calling him.
4: I know. We had Adam Weitzman on, the guy that he was sitting with. Oh, yes, that's right. And yeah. so I
2: always thought that there was more teams than just and people immediately went to the to the Niners or the Raiders. I think that there were more teams than just that.
4: But, but I do think that Bill, like we all are, is vindictive. And I think when he comes back next year, it's going to be like the deflate. I mean, the Spygate mm-hmm. season where he's like, you MFers thought I couldn't coach. Yeah. Look all at right. that dumpster fire in Foxborough. I'm coming here and I'm going to win.
2: I hope Bill. that's why I think he book. goes somewhere good. Yep. I just want Bill to write a book uh, and tell us everything. That ain't happening. Like he's step not, away from the game. Nah. He's not
4: going to do that. He, he, ain't, he ain't
1: letting you know where the bodies are buried. I like, th- a texter during the break said that he and Nick Saban ought to do a show like Bar Rescue called Football Rescue, where they go into <laughs> high school programs like Brockton and then they fire everybody. And Too many them.
5: politics involved. They don't want to go in there. <laughs> they they fix, don't want to go in they there. They fix the program, they'll get stonewalled. <laughs>
4: yeah. Hey, Greg, I have a theory on this uh, bizarre Sam Kennedy statement that has derailed my day. <laughs> So it's, Is it really ruining your day? Well, it, it's just, they ruin everything. <laughs> like, they, uh, the Red Sox, say what you will about them, they were always interesting. They were either chicken and beering it, or they're winning, or they're, you know, they, chaos, you had Poppy, Manny, Pedro, you know, all of the, uh, the Red Sox were always either interesting because of how bad they were playing, or how well they did on the field. But there was always something about them. Now the most fascinating part is what spin Sam Kennedy is going to deliver today. And yesterday he said that this is a pit stop for Theo. And here's why I believe that happened. Last Friday at the wonderful Loon Mountain uh, South Peak base camp, Mm -hmm. we got the breaking news in the 9 o'clock hour after Wiggy fell on his face that Theo Epstein was returning to the Red Sox as a member of the Fenway Sports Group ownership crew. Mm Mm-hmm. And that this was the reckoning that the front office needed. That the the second straight straight year in Springfield, that Sam Kennedy is is confronted with the issues, of the fan base, and John Henry finally acted and, and spent money and said, "Theo, here's this stake in the ownership group." They publicize it like the return of the you know the the forgotten son, mm-hmm. and Theo loses his s because he agreed to do it as a small role for a stake in the team that he would serve as this ambiguous advisor mm. to all of Fenway Sports Group. Mm. So the fixer, the Michael Cohen of the Red Sox, Sam Kennedy, has to go tell Chris Cotillo that this is just a stop on his trek. they tried. It was like when you, after you mentioned Amanda, you said several other people DM'd you. <laughs> this is what the Red Sox have done with Theo. They've been trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube when it comes to how they were promoting the Theo return to the organization.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was interesting that at the time that Heim Bloom was let go, mm-hmm. Sam uh, very confidently said that Theo Epstein would never be involved in – essentially, I'm paraphrasing, but never be involved in the organization. He had other things
2: mm-hmm. going
1: on. So I – uh, certainly, at that point last fall, right, there was uh, there was no indication that Theo would eventually be a minority owner in the ball club.
5: Well, um, things change I, when you start throwing one hundred fifty million dollars in front of people. Isn't and, uh, it
4: interesting <laughs> that we haven't had a single sit down, even on the you know the the state run Nesson with Theo? Like, have we heard a word? Have we heard a word out of the mouth of Theo Epstein about this? No. no. Isn't that sort of note- noteworthy? Does he uh, I, not want to be involved,
5: or was he? Is he just in it for the bag, Theo? I mean,
4: well, everybody's our, in it, for right? It. No, I am. I, I, mean, I
5: understand I, that portion I, I, of it, but like you know what, I'm just. No, waiting for mine. I get my one. <laughs> I get my one point,
4: Curtis. You just got a new contract. I did. Here. I love it. I'm very happy. Okay. I was just being facetious. Okay.
1: Um. I mean, if you're gonna, if you're not gonna have any say in the day-to-day baseball operations, mm-hmm. and you're Theo Epstein. Do you want to make it clear now at this point that the product that is on the field this upcoming season has nothing to do with you?
2: It's not a good sign for us. I mean, no. I,
1: I would that be what it, would that be what it is? Well, I it's
5: kind of it, what they did, you know. I mean, it's just
2: they, he didn't do it though. Sam did it,
5: right? But maybe he told Sam, okay, because this is temporary, let everybody well, know. That's what
2: Curtis is suggesting. Yeah,
5: and I would, try, you know, and Theo's the one. That this is just a temporary stop. Maybe they were like, Theo, we'd love to have you on a more of a full time basis, mm-hmm. a long term thing. He's not, it's just a temporary uh, mm-hmm. uh, stop. And, you know, I'll take my one point, do what I need to do, and then I'll move then on to would, the next.
2: That would be the first time in history, maybe, that somebody has taken a job and then said, okay, it's temporary though. I'm only going to be, it's interim. I'm using this as a stepping stone.
1: Maybe he has a vast and intricate knowledge that we don't know about of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Maybe that will will be his focus. I
5: think what it is, is like what you said in the beginning. You might have said it about an hour ago. They brought him in for a small consultant role. Hey, what should we do? A couple baseball things. And it's just very, like a very short term. Like, you know, they have movies and they bring in a consultant who knows about that lifestyle and says, hey, here's what I would do differently. Craig, right. Craig Breslow. You were like
4: that on the Aaron Hernandez story? Big,
5: no, no, because I was in it. If I was behind the scenes, I'd okay. be a consultant. Right. But if they ever have something like the Brady story, I can come in and consult.
1: Absolute, absolute travesty that you are not going to be a part of Dynasty when Don't Apple, make sense when, when Apple airs. Don't it. make
5: sense. I mean, they'll how tell you. Everybody
1: remember thought?
4: the Snow Game? I mean, they had all the white tight ends on. I, I mean, I don't sure. understand why
1: they didn't even talk to you.
5: I don't get it. I need to talk maybe to the director. Of,
1: maybe they ran out of film when you started talking.
5: No, no. Listen. <laughs> they only had an hour window. I know this dynasty inside and out. You I was there. The I was there. I was a huge part of it to start yeah. it. You would the, have kept it a hundred. <laughs>
4: uh, By the way, Greg, if, if I'm Theo and I'm legitimately mad, my first public appearance as a member of the Fenway Sports Group is at a Penguins game.
5: <laughs> well, when is this dynasty thing,
1: anyway? I think it's next the seventeenth.
5: Seventeenth. Yeah. All right. Uh,
1: it's next. Next. Is that next Friday? Do all of them drop at once so it can be binged?
2: That I do not know. Apple TV usually does like two and then one at a time or mm. one at a time.
1: So annoying. Oh.
4: Did, yeah. Don't we have the director on at some point? Ken booked it. Yeah, we know. have the director next week. Okay. I think I'll
5: wait till they all come out before I start watching. No, it. we're going to really? have to
4: watch them and talk about them. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, you're going to have to watch them. Oh, we're really? going to get a screener. Ooh. Really? Oh, that would be awesome.
5: I watch something I wa- I'm a part of that I wasn't in. I'd be like, that's false. That never happened. <laughs> I feel like Magic Johnson in uh, winning time now.
4: <laughs> you, know, you know what we should do, and I mean this sincerely, is just like after the State of the Union, the op- opposition party gives their response. After mm. each episode, Wiggy should publish yes. what was wrong with it.
5: I'm going all Michael Coleon Blanco. Like with Griselda, his mother, I'm going, anytime something comes up, I'm like, that's wrong. A lie. They should have came to me. That never I mean, happened. Is it
1: possible that it ends up, you brought up Jordan. Is it possible that it ends up being better than the Jordan series? Uh, uh, no, because there was a lot more off the stuff, off the court
5: stuff that happened with Jordan, the gambling and all this other stuff. Where, I mean, let's be honest. They're not going to dive into that. You think that. How do you know? It's Bill. Bill. It's Brady. It's Kraft. Ain't nobody giving up no secrets that we don't already I don't know. know about. I think
1: it could rival it, maybe. No, it's not even going to be close. Could, it's going to be
5: all on-field stuff, and it's going to be, you know, well, oh, we love this because we've seen all the little um, friction whether it's the Alex Guerrero stuff. So it's not going to so be So no anything.
2: Malcolm Butler. Yeah,
5: it's like like that's what we want to know. Right. Malcolm Butler
1: stuff. What happened with Brady's contract? Why like it's it's not going to be that. All right. Well, we got to go. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for watching this show on YouTube or on Twitch. Thank you for streaming it. My guy James up there in Vermont. 67 years young. I want to thank him. I'll be in your DMs later, James. Okay. And uh, Gresh and Foyer are next.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.